1: Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you are all doing well, despite another loss yet again by the Cincinnati Bengals. uh, A lot to get to. I'll try and get to some uh, comments and or questions you all may have. I'm sure there's a lot on Bengals fans' minds at this point in time. So I will try to get to some of that as either if you're joining us on the live YouTube channel through the Orange and Black Insider podcast or on cincyjungle.com's Facebook page. Uh, If you want to leave some questions, comments, all that good stuff, we will try to get to those. And um, we appreciate you guys tuning in on this Sunday afternoon, early evening for some. uh, Difficult game to watch throughout most of it. Difficult to find positives. But the Bengals teased as they usually do, came back, tied the game, and unfortunately lost in the final seconds to the Arizona Cardinals. I'll say this before we kind of get down to the breakdowns and um, other, you know, questions, comments that you may have. Just some news and notes in terms of some things that happened in the game, uh, namely in the form of injuries. Alex Erickson left the game with a concussion, so more. Injuries to the wide receiver group, which is not a good sign. Uh, it forced many others to step up. Yeah, you know, Auden Tate came uh, came into the game. He actually got the, got the start, but he started making some plays after uh, after the, uh, the halftime, and he kind of settled in. So uh, he stepped up. Damian Willis made a couple of catches. So there are some guys that came came into play. But uh, Stanley Morgan was in the game as well. Obviously. That position group is decimated now with AJ Green still sidelined, John Ross being placed on IR after the Monday night game, and now Alex Erickson leaving with a concussion. We have no idea how severe this is. As we know, Cordy Glenn has missed the first five games with a concussion that he suffered in the preseason. So these things are either quick recoveries or... Uh, They linger, so we don't don't really know exactly how severe, but Alex Erickson did leave the game after being kind of slammed to the ground on a catch that he made for first down. Sean Williams had a thigh injury, but he returned, and Andre Smith had an ankle injury um, that caused him to leave. John Jerry came in and actually didn't play all that terribly, at least not from to the level of what we've seen from Andre Smith as the team's left tackle. So, um but, uh, he didn't return from that ankle injury. Those were kind of the three major injuries that you saw. I I, I don't think that Tyler Boyd got injured cuz he ended up playing very well, but if you kind of saw him, he he looked very um he, he kinda, I don't I don't know what you want what you would want to call it. He just kind of looked like he was sort of hobbling around a little bit maybe that was my own little perception but um he ended up making quite a few plays and having a nice game for himself he of course finished with uh, after that big touchdown and a 29 yard gain as well in the fourth quarter um he finished with 10 catches a touchdown and uh was the team's leading receiver um with a 100 yard game 120 123 to be exact so good game from him i i, I want to get to this uh Look, I, I'm very confused about the Zach Taylor uh, performance, the performances this year. Part of me, you know, there was a, a comment on CincyJungle.com that said, hey, you know, Marvin Lewis started one and four in his inaugural season. The Bengals went eight and eight, almost won the division and made the playoffs that year. If you remember, um, they, they lost in the last game to the Browns. Cincinnati 0-4. They had a couple of close losses. I went back and looked at those games. The one win was against Cleveland in terms of Marvin Lewis's first year. And the four other losses, aside from an opening day, I think it was 30 to 10 to the Broncos. There was a, a last second loss to the Raiders who were just coming off to this coming off the Super Bowl appearance the year before. Um, th- there were two other close losses. I think it was in the division. So I mean, for the most part, the Bengals were kind of right there and they had the win at that point um, in terms of going into week six. Right now, Cincinnati is 0 5. They have two blowout losses. This could have been a blowout. The Bengals, you got to give them credit. They fought back. But, I mean, Arizona let them hang around by by their own missed opportunities. And the Bengals missed opportunity after missed opportunity, a ton of mental mistakes. Um, you know, just bad. And, and when the plays are there, whether it's Andy Dalton or, or whoever else, they're just not being made. Um, and and that's, a, that's a mental thing. That is a sign of a team that, yeah, is not good, is dealing with injuries and, and is in transition, but they don't seem to be mentally prepared and or confident in the moment to make plays. And that is very, very worrisome. There were some mind-boggling plays and decisions by Zach Taylor, particularly on offense. Early in the game, they had held Arizona to a punt on their first drive. Cincinnati goes all the way down the field. You look at, you know, the red zone issues. That that is a major, major problem for Cincinnati, and they, the Bengals, until Auden Tate's touchdown late in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter. The Bengals nearly went 9 full quarters without an offensive touchdown. That from your supposed quarterback guru, your offensive-minded head coach is unacceptable. So, that is very worrisome. You go to the in-game stuff, right? The Bengals move down the field uh, largely on the legs of Joe Mixon on that opening drive, have a chance to really, you know, get a touchdown, feel good about themselves. What do they do? You know, first down they run and instead on second down, maybe using play action and going to the end zone on a throw to keep Arizona a little more honest. They had many men in the box right then. They just ran right at them. Of course, it netted no gain third down. Here's what I don't understand. Yes. The Tate drop was terrible. And uh, that's part of his roller coaster day. And one of those missed opportunities, a mental, really, I mean, that. that, obviously it's a physical thing, but that's a mental mistake. That's a concentration lapse. That hit him right in the hands, took his eyes off. It was more eager to get into the end zone than to make the catch and and then get into the end zone. So um, I kind of consider that a mental mistake. But what bothered me about that is you're down, your receiving core is decimated with injury. And this is this is before Alex Erickson's injury, but still no AJ Green, um, no John Ross. You've you've got some issues at wide receiver. Third down, real short, third and goal. You're gonna throw the ball. What do you do? You take out Tyler Eifert, arguably your best red zone weapon on the team. You sub him out, and then you throw the ball to a, a pretty inexperienced wide receiver who should have made the catch, but did not. It's these kinds of decisions that make you scratch your head. Obviously, the one in the third quarter. Well, let's rewind. After that, fourth and goal from the Arizona four or five yard line, you would think, hey, you know what? Just go for it. You're 0-4. You've got – why not? If you don't get it, you're you're not losing at the time. You have Arizona in poor field position. Why not go for it? Try and, you know, really make a statement. Instead, they kick the field goal. Okay, so they get points. Later, the Bengals in their own territory decide to go for it at their own 42 and a half yard line on a fourth and half a yard. And instead of just kind of lining right up and going for it right up the gut, maybe even a quarterback sneak, just quick snap, dive forward, they go in the shotgun and do a, a, a read option type of play, which was doomed from the get go. When you need real short yardage, you want a quick snap and you want to just get the ball and go upfield. That was that that type of scenario that was designed for a quarterback sneak. If you are to go, that's a high-risk area in terms of it being on your side of the field. If you're going to do that, you want to use a high-percentage play. That was not a high-percentage play. That was not a high-percentage formation. And even if you were trying to sell the Cardinals defense that, hey, we're in shotgun, we might be passing, again, no A.J. Green, At that point, no Alex Erickson, no John Ross. That wasn't a very good sale of an idea. And, uh, you know, these are the types of things when you lose games and you look back at these types of coaching decisions. These are the types of things that have and make veteran players on a bad football team not buy into Zach Taylor. Now, we heard from Tom Brenneman, Mr. Cincinnati, who was calling the game for Fox, and Chris Spielman, another Ohio guy. um, They were saying, oh, this team is really buying into Zach Taylor, and this practice was lively this week, even after the big beatdown from Pittsburgh. That may be, but 0-5 is 0-5, and in-game decisions, poor in-game decisions by Zach Taylor can have an effect on a team. I don't know if that is currently happening, but Do not be surprised if you start seeing some more poor body language, some guys not being as excited to be on the field, some more quote unquote business decisions being made in terms of taking or delivering hits. Um, That's the type of thing that comes with a season going down this road. And unfortunately, now the Bengals are 0 5. It's now really, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing comments here in our live YouTube chat and, and in the live Facebook four and 12. You know, this is where this is headed. Um, you know, not not where you would hope to have been right now. Now, maybe some of us had some kind of pie in the sky hopes for this team in terms of this could be a competitive team. They may even make a playoff push in what still looks like a very weak AFC North guys. The Baltimore Ravens, they're, they've they got one, you know, they were, they were two and two. I think they're three and two now. They barely beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh with an undrafted free agent relieving Mason Rudolph, okay? The Browns have not really fully lived up to expectations. And, of course, this is the year, the year that you need the Steelers, you know, the year that the Steelers are down and you could potentially make the jump and, and take advantage of it. You're in transition and your team, being the Bengals, is is not doing well. So I mean, we kind of had hopes that this division was maybe open for the taking, and the Ravens don't even look that strong themselves. So uh, you know, uh, this is this is part of the process, I guess. And uh, unfortunately, you don't want to call it a wasted year, but this is going to be a year where they evaluate guys. This is going to be a year where they try and figure out you know who's going to continue to fit Zach Taylor's system. Now I'm seeing a lot of stuff uh, here, Andrew Greer. Dalton needs to be benched Dalton, um, Andrew Greer and in the, uh, live YouTube chat. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm seeing uh, a lot of other seeing a lot of other comments. I'm going to try and get to these because, you know, a lot of them are, are kind of big picture stuff in terms of ownership and scouting staff and Duke Tobin. And, and we know those issues and we could, we could talk forever about that, but, um, you know, Dalton. Okay. I understand, and I'm still in the camp that I was in after the Steelers game. So after the the Bills game and the 49ers game, I was kind of like, you know, he's not making the plays. He is not making the plays. He's not making the throws. After the Steelers game, I felt downright sorry for Andy Dalton. Eight sacks, ridiculous. Today, I think late in the fourth quarter, he had 13 quarterback hits on him, only a sack at the time, so the sacks weren't as bad this time, but 13 quarterback hits. I feel for him on that front. I feel for him that he's got a, an inexperienced group of wide receivers. At, at one point, aside from Boyd, and even with Alex Erickson in the game, you have him, who's an undrafted, who was an undrafted player, Alden Tate, a seventh-round pick, Stanley Morgan, an undrafted player, and Damian Willis, an undrafted player, as your wide receivers. So you, you know you can't you can't fault him for that. Obviously the offensive line is an issue, but here's the thing. Struggling teams, there are points in a game and struggling teams, points in a game where there, there is a, a specific play or something that can really change momentum, potentially grab a win. The out Tate drop of a touchdown at the beginning of the game was one. That's not on Andy Dalton. He put the ball in the money. That's on Auden Tate. The other though, beginning of the third quarter much like the beginning of the game the Bengals came out they had a quality drive to start the third quarter they were moving down the field moving down the field they get to the red zone again they do finally use tyler eifert after not using him on that first drive they use him he's open in the end zone andy dalton throws it behind him on a third and goal they have to settle for field goal again it's those plays that unfortunately you have to pinpoint. And unfortunately the quarterback gets most of the blame on that. And rightfully so is a bad throw, but yeah, the defense gave up many, many critical situations in clutch type of times. Um, Yeah. The run game was inconsistent. Yeah. The offensive line is poor, but there are moments where you, when that play is there, you have to be made. Otherwise you're going to be an and five team. Um, and, And That's the difference between being 0 and 5 and maybe 2 and 3, 3 and 2 right now. The Bengals could easily have three wins right now. This could be a three-and-two football team with wins against Seattle, a win against Buffalo, and a win today. It's it's the it's the little things, it's the mental mistakes, and it's not taking advantage of those plays that need to be made on the rare occasions that they're, that they're there. You have to create your own luck sometimes when you're struggling. And unfortunately the Bengals are not doing that. They really, they really aren't. I'm seeing a lot today. Um, and rightfully so. Uh, we'll we'll kind of get to, we'll get to some of the ownership stuff in just a second. I'm seeing a lot today about, you know, I think it was Jason Lock and four of CBS sports who broke some news about teams wanting to, uh, tr- you know, look at trading for potential players from the Bengals, A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, maybe some others. I let me, let me just say this, and this will be a nice segue into the ownership thing. I don't, I do not believe A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, or any other players that are currently, I know A.J. Green's not healthy, but he's probably going to be healthy in the next couple of weeks. Guys that they will still be able to use, in the near future, I don't believe that they will trade them. Right or wrong, um, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a good move or a bad move. I'm just saying I don't believe that. From what I've seen from this franchise, and why why I feel that way is think about the players who the Bengals have traded away in recent years. Okay, they're either guys that have bad-mouthed their way out of the organization. They're guys whose play have completely declined or have made it known that they do not want to be in Bengals or will not play for the Bengals anymore. You can look to Chad Johnson. He was a malcontent after 2010. The Bengals dealt him to New England. Carson Palmer quit on the team in the 2011 offseason. The Bengals let him rot all the way up until the trade deadline, until they got this crazy deal that nobody else in their right minds would have would have given them aside from the Raiders. They dealt him. Okay, You look back to Keith Rivers. Keith Rivers was a former pick who... You know, top former top 10 pick had injuries. He kind of had some rumblings of an attitude problem wanted out of Cincinnati gone. You go back to Carl Pickens. You go back to Corey Dillon. The reason why these guys were dealt is because they wanted out. AJ Green has said nothing but glowing things about Cincinnati and wants to stay there. Tyler Eifert has said the same. He loves Cincinnati. That's why he keeps signing these deals with them. Now, granted, He's been injured, so maybe the market hasn't been as strong for him the past couple of years, but he seems to like the Bengals. He seems to like Cincinnati and has wanted to stay here. So these are guys that want to be here, and I think Mike Brown, in his eyes, staying with the Bengals is a reward. So he rewards these guys, and you may see a contract extension for A.J. Green. I don't know. He would have to come back, play well, remain healthy, I would think, but I do not – usually – Mike Brown trades guys when his hand is forced by these guys in terms of them wanting out of Cincinnati. That's why I don't really see an AJ Green, a Tyler Eifert being, being dealt, nor do I really see teams giving up first round picks for a guy who had ankle surgery right before the season and a guy who's had a number of injury issues, you know, at the tight end spot. So that's, again, I don't, I'm not advocating to trade them. I'm not advocating to not trade them. I'm just saying from what I've seen, and I've seen a number of things over the years with this Bengals team and in this ownership, I don't know that the Bengals would do that. I I, I really don't think that the Bengals are looking to trade those guys. And if you are going to draft a quarterback next year, most likely if you're thinking front office mindset, most likely, if they think A.J. Green still has a number of years in front of him that can be productive, he can be a, at least a near Pro Bowl player. You have Tyler Boyd, who is a near Pro Bowl wide receiver. Probably what their plan is, is, hey, let's get another quarterback. Let's let Jonah Williams come back. Let's let potentially Cordy Glenn come back. Let's get some more offensive line pieces. Let's bring back A.J. Green. We have Tyler Boyd. Let's do that and give the new quarterback that those tools. Maybe that's their plan. I, I don't know, but I've seen a lot from this franchise, and I, I'm a little hesitant to say, yeah, they're going to trade them. They're going to trade them. This is a very conservative franchise in the way it's run. They have only dealt guys that are usually malcontents in terms of uh, to trades before the before the season is done. That's that's how I've seen.
0: Vacations can be tricky. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your
1: first booking in the app.
0: Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: I'm going to be here for a few more minutes. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. You can grab our podcast as well as a myriad of others that have joined the SB Nation Cincy Jungle podcast channel with us. Uh, you can get that stuff on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and Google Play. You can uh, get our stuff on our YouTube channel as well as everything on cincyjungle.com. So uh appreciate, appreciate you guys tuning in. I know a lot of times this isn't the funnest type of thing, stuff to talk about, right? 0 and 5, nobody really likes to talk about it. But at the same time, I guess we can commiserate. I guess we can vent. And, uh, you know, I guess we can, you know, I, I guess... I don't know. I guess we can sit here and, and complain about what, what was seen. Now, you know, in terms of just kind of going back to today's game a little bit, in terms of, I, I don't know. Some people may take positives out of today. I, I suppose you can do that. The other, just going back again to, to Zach Taylor, some of the game plan game plan stuff, the, the play calling, all of that. One of the things that bothered me as well is, you know, this this two-minute offense seems to be working for them. And, uh, I mean, they scored two two touchdowns in a matter of minutes at the final to tie it up at the end of the game. Even with one of the drives not really showing much urgency, you would think, hey, at least mix that in once in a while. If your offense is being stagnant, which the Bengals, as I mentioned, it was almost nine full quarters before they had scored a touchdown. If your offense is stagnant, being in this huddle type of offense and you're, you're kind of plodding along – mix that in for a drive, mix that in, mix that two minute offense in for a drive, go no huddle, keep a defense on his heels. You would think this guy that has this innovative offensive mind would be open to doing that. For some reason, the Bengals have not do that. The other thing that bothers me about Zach Taylor and what we've seen in terms of week to week um, and a lot of regression from a lot of players really, but I, I don't know and granted the te- I guess the team was a little bit healthier against Seattle but my my thing is that I you know at the Seattle game there were flea flickers there were end arounds there were all these kind of tricky plays and it really kept the Seattle defense on its heels whereas none of that that stuff now is non-existent non-existent so I don't I, you know I don't know wh- why the why that's gone away, I mean, I know the offensive line has issues, but they were able to run it against Seattle. They were able to do that stuff against Seattle with success. Um, I don't really know where the creativity went after just a handful of weeks. Now, I'm seeing a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. And I'm sorry I'm not individually calling out everybody here, but there are you know, a lot of people – um, I, Sean Leonard in the Facebook chat says Zach Taylor has no energy and the lack of calls to help Dalton is a joke. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's hard to disagree with there. Um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff in both the live YouTube chat and the Facebook, uh, the Facebook comments about, you know, you really think there's a plan LOL in terms of a management plan. Do you, you really think that the Bengals are thinking that far ahead? I mean, I, I'm not in that front office, so I don't know. I, I, I would like to think that there is some semblance of a plan. I would like to think that they have some ideas to, Hey, you know, we kind of, we didn't want to tell everybody this, but we kind of knew that this was going to be a struggle this year. This was going to be a rebuild year, even though we didn't sell it as such. So Maybe, you know, this was expected and they pl- They have a plan for the next offseason. My thing is, and I've said this for those of you who have listened to me for a number of years and, all, and read my stuff, if you're, if you're going to almost solely rely on the draft, you have to have the best, the preeminent scouting staff. The Bengals have one of the smallest in the league. If you're going to truly build a well-rounded roster – you have to get at least mid-tier guys, the occasional mid-tier starters to high-tier starters in free agency. Or if guys don't want to come here, then you trade for them. Uh, If you think that they can immediately impact your team and and turn things around. So this team needs to be aggressive. And, you know, my hope was that Zach, uh, Zach Taylor would kind of carry a little bit of a baton from Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis came in here and kind of forced some changes and they, they may have been, you know, minimal changes, but they were changes that the team needed to be needed to make in order to be run like a modern franchise. They still are behind the times in a number of different areas, but my hope was that Zach Taylor being the young kind of aggressive go getter guy, he would kind of grab that baton and, force Mike Brown to pay more for, you know, get more outside free agents, do more in the draft, move up a little bit. And, um, you know, that at least one off season in, that was not really the case. So uh, I don't know if, if Taylor is a little too gun shy as, as a new first time head coach and young guy and didn't want to kind of create waves with, with ownership right away. But Um, And granted it took Marvin over a course of 16 years to kind of build any built up equity within the organization to be able to cause those changes. But my point remains that, you know, someone is going to need to continue to push this organization to change, to do more and outside free agency, to get more high impact players in the draft via trade, via free agency and really kind of do the things, you know, that, the best teams do what I would hate to see. Going back to the trade thing, what I would hate to—I I, if if the Bengals are able to get draft capital for AJ Green and and Tyler Eifert that they feel can get them a quarterback, get them offensive line, and get them back on track, that's fine. But it would it would really bother me if one of those guys or both of those guys head to, t- to New England because that's truly the rich getting richer, and that is a team that continuously and this if they go for AJ Green in the same offseason, they went for Antonio Brown. Granted the Antonio Brown thing blew up in their face. But you understand my point. If they go get AJ green in the same offseason where they're like, yeah, we'll take a Antonio Brown. Yeah. We'll, we'll do Joshua because that's a team that is doing what they can to keep that window open for Tom Brady. Who's now, you know, 40, 41 years old or wherever, however old he is to keep that championship window open for that team. And, that's what good teams do. That's what well-run teams do. They take chances. They add premium talent, and they give up capital to do so. The Bengals are not willing to do that. Um, so, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of questions and comments about, you know, the plan. What is the plan? What are they doing? Are they tanking? All that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I don't know. Aaron Felix, you've, you you wrote three succinct word or excuse me six succinct words and it was i don't think it's the coach i don't think it's the coach either the coach situation is obviously usually a symptom of a bigger problem which is ownership front office all of that we know the misses in the draft class and everything that comes with that um so yes i agree however there are points where zach taylor looks like he's a bit over his skis in terms of game planning and and all kinds of different things (sighs) Huh. Guys, uh, this has been a, a rough one again. The Bengals fall to zero and five. Um, this, you know, really kind of shades of two thousand two, kind of shades of ninety nine. You know, ninety eight, whatever. It's uh, it's not looking very good, and um, I, I don't have true suggestions in terms of you know what, what should we do to prompt <laughs> prompt change for management. I mean, I. There hasn't been, there hasn't been an answer to that. I mean, management is what it is, and the owners are who they are. Um, I've I've met the owner personally; he's a nice man, but um, that was brief when I met him, and um, you know, I don't I don't know that they uh, are open and willing to do some of the things that that need to be done in order for this team to get back to the super bowl and do things that, that other teams do. They're just not operating like many of the other successful, successful franchise franchises in the NFL. Um, so I don't know guys. Uh, there, there are a lot of, um, a lot of questions and comments I tried to get to. I tried to get more to some of the blanket stuff. It's already been about 30 minutes that I've been rambling on here. So appreciate all of your questions, your time tuning in everything. I know this has not been, uh, the, the kind of start to the Zach Taylor era that we all envisioned and hoped for. Um, we knew there'd probably be some struggles, particularly early in 2019, but I don't think 0-5 is kind of what we thought here at this point in time. So, um, I hope that some of you, if, if you're tuning into this, if you went to the game on Sunday, I hope you at least had a good time. Um, I feel for you a little bit in terms of, you know, you you sit in the rain, you pay money for seats, and you watch the team not play very well for about three-plus quarters, and then they play for a, well for a little bit, only to see them lose another heartbreaking game. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully better days are ahead. I, I'm pretty sure they are. How, how much better, I don't know. That will depend on some of the things we talked about today in terms of management ownership, and of course experience being accrued by the coaching staff. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with Cincyjungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy what's left of your weekend. Trying and maybe watch the rest of this, the slate of, of football that's on uh, this weekend, or Hey, if you need to take a break from football, that's fine. Just keep it to Cincy jungle though, and keep it to our podcast because we'll be keeping you up to date on information news Anything that comes down the pike, opinions, analysis, all that good stuff. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of.